Have you ever had those experiences where things don't work out the way you want them to? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> maybe like me, maybe you had a few today or yesterday. And in particular, what I'm curious about or what I want to share about this evening is those experiences that don't work out the way you want them to, that also shake you a bit, sometimes shake you a lot, where it feels like the ground underneath you is crumbling away. Like for me, last year, there was... Uh, uh, the sudden death of a, a friend of mine from the past. Or for our community, uh, in the fall, the the loss of uh, two of our members, uh, Yunsu and Corey. These, these experiences shook me. They really did. And it did feel like, oh, one of these times where it feels like the ground underneath my feet is just crumbling. Like it's not as solid as I thought it was. And also, I want to be clear, I'm not only talking about these more dramatic experiences that I just shared, but it could be the sometimes more ordinary or day-to-day -day things that all of, all of us probably go through in one way or another. For example, another example for me that I've spoken about was earlier this year, getting sick, you know, that, that shook me in a particular way where things felt groundless. Or a few years, years ago, it was just a disagreement, which I found so interesting that I had with someone that felt quite minor, but then it just kept on percolating in a way that I could see like, oh, this is, this is disrupting the sense of solidity underneath me. Like, again, the solid ground is crumbling below me. And maybe some of you here, right, have had similar experiences. You probably have, you know, those experiences where they don't turn out the way you want them to. It could be similar to what I was just sharing, where there was a loss of a friend or a family member, or you got sick or injured, or your health or your ability actually never did come back the way it was before, the way you wanted it to, but it never seemed to happen. Or maybe for you, it was getting the diagnosis that they said wouldn't be a big deal, but it ended up being a big deal. Or some kind of estrangement from a friend or a family member or a child. You know, it was one of those experiences that you didn't want to go that way, but it did. Or when you tried to get what you see would be a helpful change to happen at your workplace or an organization or in your community and it doesn't happen. And the reason why I bring these up is because what I've noticed about these for me sometimes, it's not always, but sometimes what I've noticed about these experiences is that it feels like there's a secret door in the midst of the grief or the confusion or the worry or anger. And it's a secret door that it, it's like it's opening into deep insight and clarity. It like opens into a taste of freedom 
in the midst of all that. And really, this is what I really want to share with you about today is about the secret door in the midst of those times where it feels like the ground underneath you is crumbling away. There's actually a secret door there. And before I get into it, just a, a side note, you know, I, I want to be clear that I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with you just one way of navigating such situations. There are so many skillful ways that the Buddha offers through this path and practice in terms of navigating such situations. So this is not the one and only way. <laughs> There's many ways. And so I want to be clear not to what's called universalize this, like this is the way you need to do it. It's something to put in the hopper to get a sense of it, if it resonates for you at times. And it might be in combination of other ways of navigating such times in our lives, whether they be feel like they're minor or the big stuff. So in, in a way of, uh, of framing this this evening, I want to begin with a story. Once upon a time, there was a woman by the name of Kisa Guptami. And she had a beautiful child. And then one day the child died. And obviously Kisa Guptami was deeply shaken by this. You could say that the solid ground beneath her feet crumbled. And it crumbled so much that it said that she lost her mind. What she was doing is she was holding her dead baby as she was walking around the streets. And she was asking people, please, can you give me the medicine that will bring my child back to life? And of course, the people would say, I'm so sorry, I don't have that kind of medicine. Unfortunately, as she continued to walk around and ask, someone said to her, Kisa, go to me. I suggest you go to the Buddha. He will have the medicine that you need. So she went to the Buddha and begged him, please, Please give me the medicine to bring my child back to life. The Buddha, Buddha replied, he said, okay, I, I see you and your situation very well. What I need from you is I need you to go into the village and I need to get just one mustard seed, just one mustard seed from a house that has not experienced death. That's what I need you to get. So Gisa Kotomi was, of course, delighted, and she continues, she goes into the village. She's doing as he said, and, and at the first house, she asked, please, I, I need a mustard seed. Can I please have a mustard seed from your house? And I need it from a house that has not experienced death, so that in order that I have the seed that will bring my child back to life. And the, the family said, oh, of course we would give you a mustard seed, but unfortunately our, our uncle died just a few months ago. Goes to the second house, asks, please give me a mustard seed to bring my child back to life. And again, they said, of course, we wanna help you and give you that mustard seed. But unfortunately our mother died just four years ago. 
and then onto another house and the same message and then another house and then another house and then yet another house. And as Kisa Gotami continued to go from house to house and continued to receive the same response, she began to deeply realize, oh, there is no solid ground beneath me. There is not the solid ground of things working out the way I want them to. And oh, this is the way it is for everyone. This is the human predicament, don't you think? I mean, here I am, I'm contending with the groundless nature of experience. Things happen even though I don't want them to happen. This is a struggle that the Buddha was really curious about, how to deal with this. And at this point, she went back to the Buddha, right? She's gaining this realization. And he asked, did you get the mustard seed from the house? Not touched by death, go to me. And she said, finished, sir, is the matter of the mustard seed. You have indeed restored my heart. For me, when I imagine this story, this journey of Kisagotami's in this frame I'm offering you, it feels like she found the secret door in the midst of all this. Right? The, the secret door, it revealed to her a deeper understanding of the common human condition of losing those dear to us, or more broadly, understanding that the things I want, I don't always get. It was touching the groundlessness, right? There was the groundlessness that arose from such a painful loss that shook her. And with this deep understanding that she gained, the groundlessness ended up freeing her. And I'm not saying that it took away her grief or even the pain of loss, but I believe it allowed her this freedom in the midst of loss. She found the secret door. It restored her heart. I remember years ago, it was it's it, it's interesting that it's still poignant in some way because the experience shook me so much. And from the outside, it probably wouldn't look very dramatic at all. Right? It was it was this conflict I was having with someone, and I remember feeling so distraught about the conflict. And again, it had that feeling of like, wow, this is this is crumbling the solid ground that I thought was underneath me. And in the midst of it, there was the secret door that revealed to me how I was trying to find this solid ground. I was trying to find the solid ground of wanting this person to like me. <laughs> and that wasn't going to happen, but I wanted it to happen. I was trying to make something that was unreliable trying to make it into something that was reliable. 
and it wasn't working. It was a kind of experience that I didn't want to be happening. But the more I opened to that, to realize that, to see this, really following the secret door, what I noticed is that my grip on needing that person to like me in that particular situation, it began to loosen. Maybe not completely, but there was so much more relief when I started to, to notice this. And it was the same kind of turn. You know, the groundlessness that began, began as something that was frightening ended up with practice as being something that was freeing because of the secret door. And I think this is the interesting thing about groundlessness. It can be frightening, but it can also turn into something that's freeing if I find the secret door. It reminds me I, uh, of a dream I had. Uh, it was many years ago. I remember I was, you know, weird dreams are. Here I am in this building. I think I was in the basement of this building. And I was frantically trying to get out of the building. And it felt like, I don't know why it felt like this, but it felt like it was a life and death situation. Like, I need to get out of this building now. And notice some stairs. And so I started running up these stairs as fast as I could. Yet as I continued to run up the stairs, they began disintegrating underneath my feet, which is not what I wanted to have happen. It was frightening. It was terrifying. So I started to run faster. And somehow I got interested in the running. And as I continued to run up these stairs that were dis disintegrating, it started to feel so freeing. It was actually okay that the, the, the stairs were disintegrating. There was like this game that was going on that felt really freeing. And it was freeing because I was no longer desperately wanting something to be solid and stable and reliable. That wasn't solid, stable, and reliable. I was no longer clinging to such a hope. And that's, that's how the groundless feeling started to feel so freeing because I wasn't in contention with it. So how do you discover the secret door? This is the trick. How do you discover the secret door? And I, I want to use uh, this discovering the secret door, uh, a quote from Chogyam uh, Trungpa uh, Rinpoche. He said the bad news, he wanted to give the bad news. He said, the bad news is you're falling through the air with nothing to hang on to, and you don't have a parachute. So I wanna say the first step, I know what this is gonna sound strange to finding the secret door, is clearly seeing the bad news. I gotta see the bad news that I'm falling through the air and I don't have a parachute. I need to clearly recognize, oh, I thought I had something to hold on to that would protect me from falling. I thought I had a reliable parachute, but I don't. Or in other words, I thought that this experience was going to turn out the way I wanted it to, but it hasn't. 
and to begin to see this dynamic with a sense of self-compassion. So it's not like I'm berating myself. I'm just noticing this is what the mind's doing. It thought that there was something solid to stand on, but there isn't. And I'm not taking it personally. This is just how ex experience unfolds and these things happen. And this seeing clearly, begin to noticing the notice the bad news is, is actually the budding of what would be called classical insight, classical insight into these ways of perceiving, classical insight into impermanence, and thus the unreliability of things. And I, I want to point out that, that sometimes there's a particular flavor that can come with the bad news. Not always. There's just one particular flavor. And that's the flavor of disappointment. Uh, the Zen master, Charlotte Jokobeck, she says, the moment of disappointment in life is an incomparable gift that we receive many times a day if we're alert. This gift is always present in anyone's life, that moment when it's not the way I want it. And how is it a gift? Because disappointments are revealing to me that I, I thought I had something I could hold on to that would protect me from falling. I thought I had the parachute, and I don't. And disappointment reminds me that this is what's going on. And this is what can open up this, this doorway into, into the secret door. So one example of this, there was a, there's a story of this nun, the nun Siha, and she'd been a nun for seven years. This comes from a, a, a text called the Terigata, these kind of these early, these poems, these awakening poems from the early Buddhist nuns and in, in, in the early days of Buddhism. She'd been a nun for seven years and she describes those seven years of being filled with difficult times. Like she says, not being able to taste any contentment day or night during those seven years. So in other words, like the words I'm using, things were not working out in the way she wanted them to. And from that, she was deeply disappointed. Deeply, deeply disappointed. She was seeing the clearly, clearly the, the bad news. And she was so disappointed, so much so that she wanted to end her life. And here she is wanting to end her life, going to end her life, preparing to end her life. And as she's preparing right in that moment, right before she's going to end her life, she discovers the secret door through it all. And as often these stories go in these awakening poems, she steps through the secret door and she's fully awakened. <laughs> she sees what her mind's doing is, and is able to let go of the grip of it needs to be different. So this is the first step to discovering the secret door. So what is the secret door? What's the good news? 
gave us the bad news. But what's the good news? Right? The, the bad news is you're falling through the air with nothing to hang on to, and, and you don't have a parachute. And the good news? There's no ground. That's the nature of experience. It's groundless. That thing that can be so frightening actually can be incredibly freeing. It's really the felt sense of, I actually don't need something to hold on to. I don't, or maybe more precisely the words is, I don't need to cling to anything. I actually don't need a parachute if there's no ground. I, I don't need some kind of solid ground to stand on. I'm, I'm fine without solid ground. And then hopefully you hear this, something that felt frightening at first actually feels liberating. It feels freeing. At first it feels frightening, but then it feels freeing once you really understand this. So I've heard that when you go skydiving, I've never been skydiving, but I hear for the first, has anyone here gone skydiving? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is what I've heard. Maybe this can be confirmed that for the first five or 10 seconds, it really feels like you are falling. But then it switches, right? You reach terminal velocity. It was like 120 miles per hour. And at that point, when you, when you reach your terminal velocity, it no longer feels like you're flying. It feels like you're floating in air. First, it's frightening. Then it's freeing. You're just floating in air. So it's no longer frightening, but rather very freeing. And I, I wanted this. This might be a bad analogy. I haven't been skydiving. It might be still frightening after <laughs> your heat it reached terminal velocity. But I like this idea, the concept. So maybe we just start there. And if you're disappointed with that concept, it's great. You can just use that as a gateway to uh, <laughs> the secret door. And and I, I in in light of this, I, I know this is gonna uh, this will sound strange, but for me, within some experiences, for example, of deep loss, when I've lost like a grandparent or a friend, yeah, there's the pain and the grief, and sometimes for some of these death, that's the the tragedy of them, or when I'm I'm struggling with some challenge, it does feel like there are moments where it feels like the clouds open, sometimes only briefly in which there is a sense of openness and rawness that arises. It's almost like it's dependent on the groundlessness. It's so groundless. There's almost a, a, a surrendering where the heart opens in a way and it's raw. And it has a, a kind of freeing quality. And it does seem to happen when the wanting it to be different subsides. There's that peace. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in the midst of it all. There's not clinging to anything in those moments, or we could say at least not as much clinging. And there's a an, a term, this comes from the uh, teacher, the Thai Forest tradition uh, teacher, Ajahn Chah, um, for we could say such openness or rawness, which is called this quality of non-abiding, which fits so well, I think, with this model. Not abiding anywhere. And 
And he's uh, pointing to, you could say, the good news that there's no ground when he describes this. He says, think about it. There's nowhere to stay. We people, we live in a home. To leave home and go where there is no home, we don't know how to do that because we've always lived with becoming, with clinging. We've always lived in a home. If we can't cling, we don't know what to do. So most people don't want to go to Nibbana, want to go to awakening or freedom, you could say. Because there's nothing there, nothing at all. And then he gives this example. He says, look at the roof up there and the floor down here. The upper extreme is the roof, and that's an abiding. The lower extreme is the floor, and that's another abiding. But in the empty space between the floor and the roof, there is nowhere to stand. One could stand on the roof or stand on the floor, but not in the empty, empty space between where there is no abiding. That's where there's emptiness. And Nibbana or freedom is this emptiness. That's the good news. No longer standing, no longer abiding anywhere. How to understand this? It's like I'm, I'm no longer abiding in grief. That isn't my home. But I'm also not abiding in not grieving. That's not my home. Because that could be another home. I'm just not going to grieve. I'm not going to feel anything. I'm beyond that. And I'm not abiding in both of those options either. And I'm not abiding in neither of those options. It's kind of a kind of classical, what's called the tetralemma in, in Buddhism. And I, I share this because I, I find it in this realm of the good news that it can be difficult to find the words to describe it. Because words and language, they're there to kind of fixate things, to put things in their place. Like this goes in this part of the sentence, and that goes in that part of the sentence. Whereas groundlessness is different. It's the sense that my mind is no longer fixating on one view or one way of being. It's not standing up there on the roof or the floor. It's, it's just hanging out in space. It doesn't have the need to abide anywhere. And, and I want to point out that this can be confusing, especially if you've heard me talk a lot because uh, about this path and practice, because so much of the practice is actually learning how to abide. And this is important because this can sound so contradictory, kind of is in some ways, but they actually, these puzzle, these puzzle pieces fit together. Because it is important to learn how to abide, to settle into and to skillfully hold on to that which is wholesome, that which is onward leading. Like we come here together to abide and to cultivate these qualities of heart, such as mindfulness that we were just ex exploring, or kindness and compassion, 
or joy and equanimity. I need to learn those skills. To abide and cultivate spiritual friendships, that's part of the path. to abide and cultivate this ability to appreciate the beautiful good things you do in this world. So as a practitioner, it is important to begin to get a feeling of abiding in these particular ways that are onward leading. And what you might find is that they support and nourish this deeper sense of letting go that I'm talking about, the real good news the freedom, the place of non-abiding. So those experiences where things don't work out the way you want them to, that shake you, where it feels like the ground underneath you has fallen away, may they free your heart. May you find the secret door that brings about the good news in a way that leads to the liberation of all beings. Thank you. Thank you for your attention.